So it finally happened. After almost a decade of using the exact same memory card for every episode of this podcast, hundreds and hundreds of episodes, it finally crapped out on me. Card corrupted, nothing recoverable, podcast gone. The good news, I have backup recordings. The backup recordings are slightly lower quality than the recordings that were on the card that are now dead forever and um, still absolutely listenable and these are really fun interviews so I hope you check it out and uh, I got a new card so starting uh, in a couple episodes you're going to get back to the quality that you're used to on the podcast. Thanks again for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch and whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch was probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Okay, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm here with a uh, guest who's new to me on the podcast, but I've definitely seen your name and, and seen your music kind of uh, floating around out there in the Manitoba and Winnipeg-related internet <laughs> over the past few years. And and I really think that um, I waited too long to, to actually check it out because uh, I checked it out fairly recently, and that's why I reached out because I really, I really like it. And mm-hmm. um, I do have a lot of stuff I want to ask you about, but before we get into any of that, if you want to just introduce yourself and maybe give a bit of background about what it is you do as an artist. Yeah. So I'm Cease Lopez. I grew up in Winnipeg. And uh, just after high school, I went to university in the States for a couple of years. And then I spent some time in Spain playing hockey. And I've been making music on and off since since I was a kid. But I really got into it graduating from my undergrad. And now I'm here in Ottawa um, pursuing a master's in music and culture. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I make my own music. I, I write my own music. I produce almost all my own stuff um and uh yeah so i'm a singer songwriter multi-instrumentalist and a producer as well cool do you uh i, I know everyone hates this question so i might as well start off with it but do, how do you define what you do and the reason everyone hates it is because i'm sure as you know there's so many subgenres of subgenres of you know mm-hmm. this that and everything's it's ridiculous but do you have like a cole's notes short form way to define what it is yeah i actually really like the way you form the question because usually it's what kind of music do you make but you when you say how do you define what you do it allows for a bit broader of an answer um i think most of my stuff has to do with heartbreak unfortunately um but um i like i make a lot of moody kind of dreamy music i would say um i'm constantly transitioning i think as a lot of artists are um, based on what you're listening to at the time and 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 uh, what's going on in your life, but um, I started off and and production capabilities and stuff like that. So I started off um, releasing a lot of folk and singer songwriter stuff. I did a little bit of pop stuff recently. Um, I I was influenced by my time living in Spain 
and I'm releasing a uh, classical guitar centered oh, cool. song um, coming up. And then um, I also have some, some kind of soul stuff on the, on the horizon as well. Well, I think all of those genres, you know, uh, I mean, especially something like soul and, and, and folk singer songwriter type vibes, they definitely uh, lend themselves to songs about heartbreak. <laughs> I mean, you know, it seems like those, those genres are really tailor-made for that kind of stuff. And that's one of those universal themes that I think um, works regardless of what type of music you're into. Absolutely. One of the things that I think grabbed me about your music as a listener was, um, and I don't know if this is a production thing or if this is something that you're doing intentionally or not, but the vocals, I mean, the vocals are great. You have a, you have a great voice and it really stands out, but the, in the recordings, especially on your, on your canola uh, record, um, the vocals seem super, super present. Like it seems like they're, they're right at the forefront of everything. And I've heard a lot of, uh, especially with acoustic songs and things that are maybe more in the singer songwriter vein, a lot of the time that tends to get buried and softened in the mix, but your vocals are just right there, like front and center. And they're, they're kind of commanding. Is that something that you did on purpose or is that just sort of how it comes out of you? Um, I think it would probably be a mix. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience with uh, mixing and and production, but um, so it's it's probably a bit of that and my you know recording it in my bedroom. Um, but as well, I really um, I really find vocals important in my music and you know when listening to other musicians as well. And so that's something I definitely did not want to get buried. And I I've spent time in choirs and gospel choirs and children's choirs and. And to me, vocals are a really important piece of my music. Well, I was going to ask about that too, is where, where that voice comes from. Because I mean, you know, production aside, it's, it's very powerful and you like it, it really stands out. Is that just from having all that experience uh, in choirs? I think it's probably a mix. I, um, yeah, so lots of time in choirs, but I think my voice actually um, is a, it's a pretty blendy voice. It's, I think it's a pretty soft voice that often, um, I'm not at the forefront of uh, when I'm in, in choirs and stuff. I mean, which is kind of the point of a choir. Yeah. Um, and and I was in an acapella group as well. So blending was, I've done a lot of work on that. But then when it's my um, music, I like to put a lot of layers of my own voice in it. So then that really, it, it gets to stand out there. When did you, I mean, what was the decision like, I guess, to decide uh to start putting out your own music because you know going from choirs where you're in a large group of people and like you said the voices blended with all these other voices to then um not only making yourself the focal point but then singing about all of these heartbreaking things and this you know very personal content what was that like making that choice to 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 put yourself out there like that yeah it was it was definitely a slow process i started writing my own music I think right when I graduated high school or right near the end of high school. Um, but I only showed it to a couple friends at the time. And I think honestly, the hardest part um, of putting out your own music is the vulnerability and not just with friends and strangers, but, but with family members, that's sure. the hardest for me is having, you know, fa- like that wall that you have up with family members and then having them kind of hear what's going on in your life kind of makes you <laughs> shiver a little bit. Um but I think that's really how I've learned to connect with people. Um, and so it's been a slow process, but um, I've just kept pushing, chipping away at it little by little and to, gotten to where I am now. Has that become easier at all? That, that vulnerability, especially knowing, you know, who's going to be listening to this? Yeah, I, I think it has. I, um, I've worked with um, 
uh, Luther Mallory, who's a performance coach. And uh, he, he says, you know, um, it's, it's a, it's a risk reward or risk courage upward spiral that you need to create. And so, you know, you take a little bit of risk and then you get a little bit more courage with that. And then with that little bit of courage, you can do a little bit more risk. So I think that's really, it's really, you found it true. I'm sick of talking about this and I'm sure you are and everyone is, but I have to ask about the pandemic. Um, you know, I've had, I've had everyone on, on the show from, from metal bands to country singers, to rappers, to people making classical music and everyone's experience over the past two and a half, three years has been pretty different uh, with the, the similarity that they haven't been able to do a lot of creative things in the public as a solo artist. What was that like for you having this kind of enforced time where, you know, even if you wanted to play a show that wasn't in the cards. Right. So I think it's interesting because I'm still at the very start of my music career. And so I was just graduating um, from my undergrad when the pandemic started and I wasn't performing live before okay. that. Honestly, didn't really affect me a whole lot um, for from a performance standpoint. 
I think it actually, so I, I went to Spain and I was working virtually um, doing, doing music and um, activism stuff with uh, my choir director. We had this organization um, at Dartmouth um, to help students with their musical projects, but um, I was able to work virtually in music and make my own music um, during the pandemic. So I think it allowed it, it allowed me to have different opportunities that wouldn't have happened if the if the if we weren't isolated or if I, if I wasn't working virtually. So it so performance wise, um, I think it was a good amount of time that allowed me to to make canola to be um, you know centered on that and then come out of my cocoon kind of um, in the past year or so. Just having that extra time to to focus on it and, and not have to worry about commuting and and going out and doing other things. Yeah, what's um you mentioned making canola and I mean it made me think you're actually making canola in a field. Obviously, you mean the record, but um how important is 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 having a sense of place in your music? Because I mean, canola to Manitobans at least you you see that title and and you kind of yeah. there there's an image there, right? Is Absolutely. that a, a big part of what you do? Is is having that tying your music to a place and time? Absolutely. I've, uh, because I've lived in so many places and I've moved around quite a bit. Um, I really wanted to make a record that was an ode to home, especially moving across the ocean alone in the pandemic. I, I, I definitely felt that tie that, you know, all my friends, all my family are back in Manitoba and I, I really wanted to do an, an ode to that and to them. Do you think that this is a question I used to ask people all the time, and I kind of stopped a few years ago because I, I was getting the same answers, but uh, I'm going to ask it again. Uh, do you think that Manitoba, regardless of, of genre of music or, or what someone's creating, but do you think there's a sound that sounds Manitoban? Like, is there something that you associate uh, as a listener even with this part of the world? Um, I think it's funny because Winnipeg or Manitoba will pop up in the most random places. Like I'll, I'll, I'll find a book and then scroll through the book and and somewhere on the page that I decided to open it says Winnipeg on the page and and I'm never expecting it and it always surprises me but there it is and I think that's really true to Winnipeg and Manitoba is that there's there's something special um and even if it's not a distinct sound I think I'm not surprised when I when I hear somebody I like and I see that they're from Manitoba or from Winnipeg or something somebody's doing something cool and I go of course of course they're from Manitoba well you can't escape it right you just keep showing up no matter where you go in the world yeah yeah what is the um what is the plan I mean like you said you're 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 getting you're getting more education um related to music what's sort of your plan once you're done that obviously you want you want music to become a career I assume yeah yeah I'm really looking to um build my production shops as well and produce for other artists other than myself um but right now for the next two years that's what i am working on my master's and and um studying queer temporality with musicology and and just really interested in that and while i'm at it i'm just going to continue um performing continue putting out music well the production thing is interesting too because on some of your songs i mean there'll be that that sort of traditional folk singer songwriter elements but then yeah there, there's 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 behind it is this kind of more modern um maybe, maybe you could call it pop i know you mentioned pop earlier sort of production behind it and and so what do you feel is the benefit of sort of blending genres like that i think um nowadays because music is so 
accessible with streaming and so many so many different genres and types i think there's hardly anyone that's going to be influenced by only one genre um and i think that is a really cool thing and i think it allows for a lot of different mixes and different sounds to be able to come out so i think that's really important in my music as well i remember you told me you love me In your grandma's apartment Honey, you're my favorite You tell me love is not wanted You for myself You need to be all you can be Don't miss me
Are there artists that you maybe grew up listening to that that did things like that, whether it's the same genres or not? Yeah. Um, so I listened to a lot of uh, 60s and 70s um, funk and soul growing okay. up, my parents, um, and, and also folk and singer-songwriter. And then that kind of blended with um, when I started to discover contemporary music and uh and pop in the in the in the 2010s there and then like spanish music i think i think nowadays almost everything is blended with something um and so lately i've been really um influenced by by artists like charlotte Day wilson and daniel caesar and bad bad not good um and then also still influenced by artists like marvin gay and Al Green, and then Joni Mitchell. So there's a whole lot of blend there that comes through in my music. Yeah. Well, and I think what you said too about sort of the way that with streaming and everything's kind of uh, combined and blended, it almost seems like now the sort of origin of music doesn't matter. People aren't necessarily listening to something and then like you used to, you know, looking at the liner notes, finding out where it's recorded, what country it's from. It's just coming up and they're just listening to it and then just sort of absorbing all of these different influences without really seeking it out, right? Because it, it's all sort of thrown at you at once. Right. And I think that's going to generate interesting stuff regardless of, of where you are or how old you are or whatever. Right. It might just be because I'm a bit of a nerd uh, when it comes to this, but I still think it's really important to know the the origins. and. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> yeah. But just, I mean, I, I agree with you for 100%. I, I, I'm still like a, a dinosaur who listens to only physical music, but, but I'm there definitely are kids now who are, I mean, I see with my own kids that they're listening to stuff and they have no idea if it's from 30 years ago or from last week. And and it's just all sort of presented on one plate and everyone's just taking what they want from it. Yeah. Or people listening and, and, and it's, it's a sample of a song from the seventies and having no idea. (laughs) And then they hear that song on like classic radio or something like two years later and suddenly their brain explodes because they've (laughs) recognized, recognized the sample. Yeah. Um, I know you're not you're not in Winnipeg now. Are, are you planning on on making trips back to the city, sort of during your time getting your masters? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll I'll be back in March for about a week. I have a a show, and then I'll probably be back in May, and then hopefully all the way until for the for the summer term. So oh, yeah. from May until August, I plan on being back in Winnipeg and cool and doing shows and yeah. Well, one thing you mentioned earlier about, you know, using that time uh, during the pandemic, it just, just occurred to me, how how much time do you have now that you're doing your master's? Like, do you have time to, to work on follow-up or is, is that pretty much taken up exclusively with, with school? There's a lot of time management skills involved okay. in what I'm doing now because I'm also playing uh, varsity hockey for the university. So there's a lot, but um, I really try to use the time. Like I, I used the summer really valuably because I knew that it was going to be taken up this year during the year um and so i've been able to release or just release a song and then hopefully release uh, another one in the spring and then use my time this summer that i have been writing here even even though i haven't been able to produce a whole lot i have been writing so i have some stuff that i can record during the summer then cool well, I know, I know it's, this is all fairly recent too. Like you said, you, you, the, the previous record was sort of done during the pandemic, but have you noticed um, since that's come out and since you've obviously had things change in your life, moving across the country and everything, um, 
have you noticed uh, any kind of change or evolution in, in your own sound in your own writing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I released Canola, um, there was kind of like that, that was a moment where I felt everything change almost um, like, like a pre Canola and post Canola um, in my own music. Cause that was kind of a moment where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm taking this a lot more seriously. Um, and I've been a part of a lot of amazing programs since then. Like I, uh, this last year I was part of RBCX music's first up yeah. program. Um, and so we had an amazing uh, time in Toronto. They flew us out and um, we, we did a lot of writing workshops and, and uh, business workshops. So I've learned a lot over the past year and that's definitely um, influenced my writing and, and, I've become a lot more confident also in my own writing and, and honest. Well, I guess getting that kind of recognition too, is, is got to help with the confidence. Just, just the fact that you were, you were part of that. Absolutely. And especially because um, music and any career in the arts is full of self-doubt. And um, especially as a, as a young artist and as a, an independent artist, it's just full of self-doubt. So it's really important congratulating yourself for those milestones and and recognizing, you know, if this is this is what I feel like I'm meant to do, then this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah, and actually taking taking that and, and, and running with it too. Yeah. Thank 
you mentioned a few minutes ago the uh, learning about the business side of it as well. And I mean, that's kind of the boring part of it. But I know there's a lot of people who have had a hard time transitioning from being strictly an artist and, and and now having to be an artist and you have to be uh, your own PR person and you have to do social media and you have to do all of this. What has that part of it been like for you? Because again, you're, you're relatively new at this. And so you've kind of coming into a time when this is expected of everyone to, to be able to handle that side of things as well as just the creativity. Yeah. Well, it's definitely um, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> if you, if you want to have a career in music, you are going to have to learn the business side and you're going to have to be your own promoter and your own manager, um, at least until you're big enough for somebody to do that for you. Um, and so this, I, I think there was a lot of, like I, I wasn't sure at all about the music industry um, when I started as a lot of people aren't, but in the past year I've learned a lot, I've met a lot of amazing people and there are people out there that want to help you and and if you're willing to learn that it's really uh you get out of it what you put into it sure type of career and what kind of uh i mean what kind of things did you learn at that when you were in toronto about that like how, how do you how does someone teach someone <laughs> sort of how to do that part because a lot of it is really just kind of um uh, you just learn it on the go right especially with things like social media you kind of figure out what works what doesn't mm-hmm. yeah i think the main takeaway was people want to see who you genuinely are and if you are losing yourself or if you like it's always important to remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing and and why you started um and so that's something that you should always come back to because people can tell if if you're fake um and and people want want to know who you are and people want to see the genuine you. So I think that's the most important thing. Well, I'm glad you said that because one of the topics that comes up all the time on this show is people specifically in Manitoba, but I think everywhere having a really good bullshit detector, uh, especially now and being able to tell when someone is just trying to sell themselves rather than being themselves and using that as a way to promote themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so important and it's important for your own health as well. Like if you don't know who you are, then it's really hard to show that to other people. And it's really hard to connect with other people. For sure. Yeah. And that's what you have to do now is, is I mean, you always had to, as a musician, connect with other people, but now it's, it's way more direct and more almost one-on-one with fans because you have that online connection. Exactly. At, at this point, what's the best way for someone to check out your music? Um, and I know you're not playing any shows in the really near future here in Winnipeg, but if someone wants to hear your stuff or, or even follow you online and see what you're up to as far as potential shows and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm on all of the streaming platforms that anyone gets their music from. Um, you can also find my stuff on Bandcamp, um, which is a great way to support artists. And I do have physical CDs where I'm on Instagram and TikTok as well. So if anybody wants to uh, get a hold of CDs, they can message me on there. Um, if you, I can give you my email as well if you want to. I don't know if you put put it in these sure things. i can do that yeah go for it <laughs> i can send that as well so um anyone can always shoot me a message and and i'm happy to respond um and then i'm on youtube as well so um pretty much anywhere that you get your music um i i'm hoping you know i i don't have a whole lot of stuff out so i did make cds with the ep that i did release but right now i'm just putting out uh singles so. cool cool 
Left to my. 